It's the Stretch 4 Podcast, your weekly look at hoops, hip-hop, culture, and life from me, Aaron Herzog. And me, Keenan Willis. What's up? Keenan, it's been a fun oh, week. No. <laughs> it's been a fun week. I'm having a good time. Uh, how about you? I'm chilling, man. You know, it's uh it's it's good to see the Sixers back in action. Um it's good to watch how the the vibes are high with this squad. You know, I'm just I'm enjoying life right now. Yeah, I uh I think I texted you this earlier this week. I have I'm I've already watched more regular season basketball this season than I right. did all of last season. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, was, I, I feel like I was out. I was out kind of midway through last season. I, I took a little hiatus. I was I was so in like a I'm just waiting for the playoff mode. I did not yeah. care. I did not care at all about watching early season. Plus, the you know, the Phillies were in the World Series. The Eagles were on a roll. Yeah. It was very easy yeah. to distract yourself with other uh, Philly sports. Eagles sure. still on a roll this year. Phillies made a playoff run, not to the World Series, but you know, were they NLCS. were still playing? They were playing when the Sixers were playing, which is you yeah. know, yeah, that's all you can ask for. But I've watched every game since I've been back from from Italy. Uh, I love this yeah. team so much; they're so fun to watch. Yeah. I am I'm all in on the Sixers this year. Um I'm already looking I'm already looking into I mean I do every year but I'm looking into getting tickets for when they're in when they're in LA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm considering buying whatever package the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast has for their fly the process <laughs> trip uh for yeah. for LA natives. I'm afraid I don't want to go I Part of me wants to go to the the Rice and Ricky Sanchez parties, and part of me just d- dreads the type of fans who will be there. Yeah, that's that's a weird cross section of fandom. It really is. Um, like, but uh, talk about wild cards. Yeah, there's probably you know if you find the right <laughs> find the right group in there, you're probably having a good time. But if you don't, you're probably dealing with some who. It could it could be Some, it could be a group of mics. It could be a group of spikes. You know, like it, it's it all it all depends. Yeah, or yeah, it could also be like a group of uh just like antisocial basketball nerds, which there's, right, there's right, some right. of those in there too. But you know, for sure, for sure. To, to to go to some uh, ridiculous Sixers party where Daryl Morey might randomly show up, it, it might be worth it. It might be yeah. worth just like going there. That's and, true. You know, being the being the coolest person at a party, which is never if I walk into a party and I'm the coolest person there, it is not a good party. You're at the wrong party, man. (laughs) That's it's a that's a touchstone for me. If I'm the coolest person at the party, it's a bad party. If I'm the best guy in a basketball game, it's not a good it's not a good basketball game. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I I would agree 100 percent. For for me, not a hundred percent for you, but a hundred percent for me, I would agree. With what the basketball game part? 
yeah, if it's if if I'm if I'm the best basketball player at the at the game, definitely a bad game. If I'm the coolest person at the party, definitely a bad party. I mean, I don't go bad if if I'm if I if I go to a run and I'm just like clearly like oh I'm like the go to guy on like a team or or so I I'm like I'm not going back to that run anymore. I have to be like. <laughs> You know, I'm com- I'm comfortable being like a second o- if I'm second option on a run, it's like, okay, this is a nice this is a nice time. I get to be highly involved, which is always fun sure. in a game. Um sure. but if I'm just like dominating, oh, no thank you. I've really <laughs> I've really come to embrace my my strong role player on a solid team role in in my uh in my most recent rec league that I'm on um we are we're a good team we have like i'm like at best the fourth or fifth option on offense but i'll get i'll i'll get other guys involved i'll set screens i'll get the ball i'll i'll pass i'm i'm a little bit of a threat in the post but would rather okay. like would rather get it and pass out i I I'm putting in more effort on defense than I have ever in my life because I don't have to like worry about like focusing on off. I've, I've always been a guy who's who right, spends right. most of his energy on the offensive side of the floor. <laughs> and now I get to, now I, I get to yeah. be like, I'm not resting on defense. I, I can, I can put in effort to lock somebody down. I see. Yeah. See, I, I feel like I have gone the opposite way. Um, I, well, actually, no, that's not true. It it depends on the run. Like if it's a, if it's a good, like if it's a good run, I'm probably just trying to, to play defense at a couple screens and then like get, get easy buckets, get those, like, just make a good cut or like read the shot correctly, get a simple put back buckets. Like I'm not really trying to necessarily create offense. Um, Whereas I feel like in my younger days, I would have uh, probably tried to look for shots, even if they weren't necessarily good shots, just to like stay mentally yeah. involved. Stay involved and, and in now, the offense. Yeah. 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 And now, now I'm, now I'm fine just having shots find me. Uh, but if it's not a great run, then I, I completely abandon that and I'll, I'll go full on. Now I'm just looking, I'm looking to get buckets. I'll play a little defense, but looking at good buckets. Yeah, if it is a, if it's a, um, like a sweet spot of like a, you know, not a great run, but like I, I will like, I will grab rebounds and go full Ben Simmons. I'll go coast to coast. I'll go like full <laughs> like, you know, twenty seventeen Ben Simmons where he grabbed the rebound, go coast to coast, maybe finish, maybe make a pass. You know, just right, just get out there and run it. Really, right, right, right. You know, and not to give props to to Ben Simmons at one point in time but you know he could do he could do that a little bit maybe maybe uh new uh comparison Wemby <laughs> yeah yeah grab the board go full you know yeah go full man, full court coast man. to coast but where would you fit in on this current Sixers team oh I'm Rocco on this Sixers team yeah, love loving every minute of it. Um, if I'm in, it's probably not a close game, or like maybe it is, but I'm in for a small stretch. But you're in for a few, um, but tough I'm just minutes. Yeah, 
yeah, I'm 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 into I'm into do a job, and I'm having fun doing that job. Yeah, it's uh, nice to see him really, back in a honestly, Sixers uniform. It, it it is it it is, but like honestly, that could that could be a description for anybody, and I think that's what makes this seem fun to watch. Is just like I know what my job is, and I'm having fun doing it. Yeah, like that that has been uh that's been a sore spot for us i i would say for a while like um and i was i was even i, I was saying this to to Maggie um after a couple <laughs> after a couple games ago i was just saying like you watch this team and like people know what their job is <laughs> there's no there's no real questions and like they're going out and doing it and they're go- yeah. it's just great to see and yeah, nobody's just standing around wondering what they should be doing. Nobody's trying yeah. to do nobody's yeah. trying to do too much. They're letting the game come to them. They're yep. they're they're moving yep. around. They're filling their roles. Yep. Nobody's getting bored out there watching somebody else. Yeah. It's a fun yeah. basketball team to watch. Is this just a, a an indictment on Doc? I mean, I think it's a I or it's Doc certainly Doc, and but I James, think, like a I think combination. It's Doc and James, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a combo because, like, yeah, Doc, you know, obviously could have gotten a little more inventive with the schemes offensively and defensively, honestly. But um, it's hard to be that creative with such a ball dominant player. Like, if you've got the ball in your hands, eighty percent of the possession, like. It's really it's real easy to just stand around and watch. Or if the or if the goal is just, hey, jump it, dump it down to Joel and like get out of the way. Yeah. It's real easy to like just stand around and watch. Yeah, know? which so, seemed to be the the uh, only option that the team did last year. Yeah. And it's yeah. just just any sort of movement, any sort of dribble handoffs, people running around, people running off screens, people, you know, and it's got yeah. it's got Joel. It's got Joel more like enthusiastically involved. It's got on both sides too. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. And yeah, just yeah, the it's, the, it's, the way it's, the team... it's fun. It's fun to watch. Yeah, it's very fun to watch. Which which brings me to to a topic that that I wanted to to say. I'm having this is one of the most fun teams that I've watched in the last, you know, decade of Sixers basketball. I know it's still early. I know it's a very small sample size. Um and I know that this is due to like various circumstances, like a, a little perfect storm of things coming together. Um <laughs> including like uh, including extra Sixers and Joel Embiid hate from mainstream uh sure. from the mainstream basketball community over the offseason, including a weird situation with James Harden a trade, you know, uh, low expectations, um, and just people generally wanting to to shit on the Philadelphia 76ers. It's making me enjoy their early season success a lot. And, you know, they're also very fun to watch. Um, I would rank this team just behind. They're number two, I think, behind the 17-18 Sixers. Uh, for the most fun I've had, which was another very specific sort of circumstances. It was, you know, Embiid's first full year. 
because you know his sure. his rookie year got shortened with injury after you know that he skipped two after his two redshirt years his actual rookie year got <laughs> we all know this uh it, you know the Simmons Simmons rookie year after missing his year you know the year that was technically Fultz's rookie year um but yeah the year that they overachieved won fifty three games won the three seed. And then, you know, lost to Boston for the first time. It was per- the most fun I've had watching the Sixers because of, you know, low expectations, the right. team finally coming together, finally having a good team, and then just like blowing any sort of like expectations out of the water. It was that like vindication for uh, those few process years that everybody was still absolutely shitting on. Um, that was my number one yeah. favorite, favorite team. Uh, to watch and I number two is this year I'm having more fun watching them than than any other season of the of the process era so far how about you what do you what do you think about your Sixers ranking I think that I think that's pretty accurate I would say I'm right now I'm having more fun watching this team than any of them but obviously again small sample size and I think what's making it special now is that we have the knowledge of like the last few years that this feels like a bit of a palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It feels like, like something different. Yeah. Yeah. Versus like that, that 16, 17 team, which, you know, like you were saying, finally broke through and things like that, like, or 17, 18 team. Rather. 17. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you know, like that was, that was a squad where it was like, Oh well, this is fun. Like this is ahead of schedule. Like that that was cool, um, but I think this one is like, oh no, like this is what it always could have been. You know, it feels a little a little more special that way. Like mm-hmm. there's a reason I've been watching this for a while. Like this is what I've been waiting for. That type of feeling. And again, yeah, it's it's very early in the season. We you know haven't had the toughest schedule yet although we've, we we've we've played you know both teams that are supposedly ahead of us in the in the conference mm-hmm. um and you could argue probably should should be undefeated we've kind of blew that opening game against that... Milwaukee so like um yeah i i would i would say i'm enjoying this one the most um there's always going to be a special spot in my heart for that 18 19 team just because of the feeling yeah. that it gave mm-hmm. um but it got so stressful watching that's, that squad that i think that's yeah. my i think that team falls in my number three yeah. category because it was just such a like it was such like a flex of a season you know they like yeah they traded for butler and they got him for such a small price they, they you know they got him for, to get him for roco and dario was like yeah. oh wow they did not give like that's that's got to be the biggest steal of like a superstar and and even though it was only like a rental or ended up being a rental they didn't you know make the trade with that in mind i don't think you know yeah and then they and then they went out and got tobias later and it was just like oh they are just they're just flexing they're going they're going (laughs) you know at that point tobias was like you know fourth or you know even maybe fifth option on that team behind jj it, right. You know, like it, it arguably JJ was a was an option before him on that team. So him as like in that role was like much different than, you know, what it became the very next season afterwards. Sure. For sure. Yeah. But you're yeah. But then it just became like, oh, 
I'm, they should win the title. They are clearly right. the best team. And then, you know, with him, with that playoff series against, against the, the Raptors where he missed like two or three games and was sick for the rest of it. It was just like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was like, that was the first, that was the first heartbreaking end because like, before that, it was just like, oh, we're happy to be here. We're building, we're building. And then well, it was, it was just like, one oh, no. year. We're... It was just, right. they, they only had one year. Like, that still blows yeah. my mind. They only had one year in the playoffs. And then they're like, we need to go for this all out now. Right. And, and right. they did. And then it like blew up, but they were still in that mode. So then the next two or three years, I, I feel like we're just like, t- you know what I mean? Like the, the Horford, uh, the Horford year was like the, the year following God. that. It was the God. very next year. Yeah. Yeah. The very next season. And we all talked ourselves into it because we were like, all right, Jimmy wanted to leave. So getting it's Richardson be big. Richardson's best case scenario. At least we got something back for him. He's, you know, and yeah. Yeah. And then bringing in Horford, they were like, oh, oh, we finally got the backup center we've always wanted. And and also the guy who gives him be the most trouble. It's right. He's, oh, he's with us now. Right. And and you know what? To I I will I will give Horf a little credit because I think one thing that we talked about there was maybe Embiid will get better offensively because he has to go against him in practice, which like never never really made sense because they were going to be on the same unit anyway. But um, it's not like they're going to be playing against each other. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> but um, you know you did see uh, an elevation in his game. Um, his offensive game, his offensive variety. You can mm-hmm. blame that on Drew Hanlon if you want, but like, um, I'll I'll give Horf a little credit because I feel like I'm always shitting on him. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe that's the one positive takeaway. Yeah, it was such it was just such a weird season. When they looked good, they looked very good. Like on that Christmas yeah. Day game against against Milwaukee. Milwaukee, yeah. <laughs> um. And then it, it just like couldn't, it was unsustainable. And then the next year was pretty fun because they like kind of like made a normal, uh, they made an attempt to normalize the roster with like, you know, getting rid of mm-hmm. Horford, trading yeah. for, uh, trading for Curry. Um, well, and, and then, it, f- it felt so like we felt so buried under that contract that getting yeah. out of that Horford deal was like, oh my God. Yeah. Get, even giving so up quickly. a first. Yeah. Even giving up a first, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, and then, you know, the years the the years after that have not been enjoyable at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been tough. It's been tough. So yeah, um, I would say like even like process years were more enjoyable than you know, the last 2 years. Well, it's just been the weight of it's been the weight of it all. Like that that Hawks series just really felt like a yeah holy like a holy shit moment we like we really blew it yeah like a like uh, that like very much should have won that series yeah and clearly so like a you, better team yeah and when you get to the second oh we blew it in the playoffs that starts to feel like a do we do we go from we blew it to like we blew it up you know like yeah and then, of course, with with Ben going off the rails in the summer, like it, it, it just yeah, it, it, we we went from like all in to like chipping a chair trying to stay at the table. Yeah, <laughs> you and, know? 
And that Atlanta series, I mean, that was the first time they were like really, I mean, it was, it was only the, that was the third year of, or no, the fourth year of them being in the playoffs, but it was the first mm -hmm. time there wasn't like something weird going on. Like they were right. full strength. They didn't mm -hmm. have any like weird injuries or anything like that. Right. Didn't he... did Embiid miss part of that. No, um... that was the, when did he miss part of the series because he broke his face against Toronto in the opening round? Was it that, that was, year? That was the fo no, that was the following year. Oh yeah, that was when they had yeah. Harden. Yeah, that was the yeah. following year. So it's like, yeah, no. every year there was some sort of like weird excuse other than that year. Did we? Uh... Yeah, no, because I was thinking of, about Matisse and like vaccines, but that was that was the that was that year. No, was the that year was after I think the year before. Yeah, it, was had, it had to have been the twenty the twenty twenty one season. Yeah, no, it was it was that postseason twenty twenty. Oh, okay, yeah, uh huh. Yeah, it was it was that postseason. So there was a there was oh because the one thing. before it was in the bubble. Yeah, the bubble yeah. one is when they just like it, it was they just lost to Boston in like yeah. four games. Like it was yeah, like, and no one expected yeah. <laughs> them to win. Like yeah, yeah. Embiid um, was just out. Was Embiid out for that? Embiid was just flat out. Yeah, yeah. he was just flat out not playing. Um. Yeah, that was that was that was the only that was the only weird part, and we got through that. Like, yeah, you know, it wasn't a it wasn't an issue. So, um, but yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, there was just like <laughs> a a feeling after of like, I know we just blew that series, but did we like really just blow the window? Because like, how do you? Yeah, you how do so you? Low, you were so low on Ben at that point. Mm -hmm. even before he was like i'm not playing for you guys ever again it was just like what yeah do you, what do you do with what do this you do with, yeah a guy who like refuses to to dunk to dunk yeah oh my god yeah it was it was such a i mean you know there's there's not a there's not a team in sports that more stranger things happen to than the philadelphia sixers in the past 10 years yeah so, but Even when you think of how that series started, it was it was strange. Like, yeah, getting getting waxed <laughs> in game one to only come back and like nearly win it. Oh yeah, uh huh. Like, yeah, that was it was it was a doomed series from the start. Just typical Sixers stuff. Yeah, yeah. But this year is is such an untypical Sixers season because it seems so normal so far. They're they're a normal yeah. basketball team. They have versatility. They have wing depth. They have, you know, right. where the, the next thing I, I want to talk about is, you know, after the Harden move, everybody's like, okay, what's the next move? Who do they go after? The talk is like, all right, they're star hunting. Who's the third star? I don't know if I want them to, to get it. I think I, I would want them to make moves around the edge, maybe, if the right move is available. Um, but I don't, I really don't want them to go out and kind of like disrupt by like getting a guy who's like going to be ball dominant or like seen yeah. as a seen as a star or wants to be the first option. I want them to, you know, yeah, it's, and, and this might just be like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's like Sixers optimism coming back in. I think it's like watching this team and seeing how they work together. I think it's. I think it's somewhat objective basketball. Uh, well, I mean, it, it, and yeah, I know I, I agree. And it's kind of like, if you look at, 
if you want to if you want to take Nick Nurse as the intangible and look at like the Raptors team that he won with, yeah, you had a you had a clear one in Kawhi. We have a clear one in Joel. Mm-hmm. You had an ascendant two. I would say Maxi is a better two than than Siakam, Siakam. was at that point. Um, but maybe that's my bias. I don't know. There's there's a there they bring. I mean, in terms things. of being like an offensive weapon, I you know right right. Um, and then you had you know just some some veterans there. Um, mm-hmm. you know Tobias, I, guys who know their roles, guys who yeah who, you know don't try to do too much. Yeah, like you know, like I don't, I don't know if there's a, I don't know if there's a direct Lowry, you know, comp, but like, Tobias, Tobias is, is just a, a clear, a clear vet who seems to at least be like, what's keeping the team together, locker room wise, which I think might kind of be what was keeping the the Raptors locker room together a mm-hmm. bit is, is Kyle. So like. It, it, and then a bunch of a bunch of like options around that a bunch mm-hmm. of versatile Just guys who options. know how to play basketball yeah 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 so like if it, it, it feels like you don't want to mess with that formula either yeah by bringing in another star so like you know what are what are some of the the nibble around the pieces uh, or nibble around the edges moves that you could you could see working out there I mean the the tweet the tweet earlier of like someone that I sent you, someone mm-hmm. mentioned going after, you know, OG Ananobi mm-hmm. um as a as a player who who, you know, he's not he's not like a guy who needs the ball, obviously. He's a disruptor sure. on the defensive side. For um sure. he any like depth that you have to get rid of to add him, he kind of replace you know what i mean like if you got it like i don't know what the trade is to get him you probably have to give up a lot you're probably giving up a lot of the assets that you have to to bring in an ob and i don't know if it gives you flexibility to make another like because i think adding him you also need to make another move and i don't know how much flexibility it leaves you to make another move you know the the Mm. tweet mentioned a dream scenario of adding Ananobi and alex caruso which I, i mean to me is yeah that would be a, an actual dream scenario like That's those perfect. Yeah. that combination is perfect but i don't think they have enough to get those two guys you know and to without you know does tobias go out in that trade does so that, he go that's to toronto my... does he go to chicago as an expiring you know that's my question because toby is in such a weird position where it's like He's useful. He's he's averaging what, like twenty, yeah, close 25 to twenty five and five, something like that. Yeah, you know, roughly, um, which is what you would want on a team. But he's also oh, yeah. expiring, so it's like, do you? He's expiring. He's not going to be back next year. Yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, even even if we win a title, I don't think he's back. So like, um, I think I think if do? it's guaranteed, I think if it's guaranteed, I think if you can bring in both. OG and Caruso and then you know Toby goes out the picks go out other you know other you know Furcon whatever uh uh house you know whatever you do to to make it work money wise I don't know I'm not on the trade machine but if you bring in both of those guys then yes let Toby go 
because you can, you know, replace the score, what Toby brings on the offensive end with OG giving a few more shots to Ubre with Caruso. Caruso, you know, with like both of those guys, yeah. you replace what Toby does on the offensive end. And then yeah. the defense of both of those guys, both Caruso and OG, makes you yeah. just a terror on the defensive right. end. You make up for any, you know, anything you lack when Maxi and Ubre are on the floor. You know, you anchor the defense with Joel and then mm-hmm. OG and Caruso and Melton and, you know, like, and then, you know, Batum, Rocco, you're such a strong defensive team, defensive sure. unit at that point. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And, and you like don't let up. Yeah. And you, yeah. you know, you lose a little bit of that, like, you know, team leader, veteran, like guy who's yeah. been their presence. But, yeah. you know, yeah. at the end of the season, you give Toby a ring because he's on the squad. You know, Toby still gets a ring. Yeah. Even though he's not yeah. there. You give him a ring. Sure, sure, sure. I yeah, he's a he's a he's the toughest part for me because like, yeah, I don't want to just move him to move him. You want it to be a a, a decision that makes it would us have to be a perfect deal, significantly better. Yeah, yeah, it would have to be. Um, it would ha- and I like is OG is the combination of OG and Caruso a perfect? I don't know if it's perfect. But it's pretty close. It's you know? damn good. It's damn good. The only other option uh, that's being floated out there, and this is like, I think this is like pie in the sky. This, I don't think this is happening. I don't think they're shopping him. But Bridges, if Bridges is available, sure. like, sure. yeah, sure. That's the <laughs> that's the the absolute kind of perfect fit. And I can't believe we didn't mention him last week when I was all talking about Clay Thompson. I think <laughs> it's true. because. I think it's because I don't think he's actually on the like people seem to think he's on the market because Brooklyn should be tanking, but like I don't think I he's on the market. I wouldn't have him on the market if I'm them. It would take it would take absolutely everything for the Nets to to give him up. Right, right, uh, yeah, as it should, as it yeah. Should. Um, like it. I would throw a weird scenario at you and i haven't heard this and i haven't i'll be honest i haven't looked at the money either um so Mar- Lori marketing was on that list um of you know players that we could target what about his teammate uh talon horton tucker i don't know that much about about horton tucker i don't i don't think i've ever really watched him play basketball so i'm only thinking about the the things that daryl mentioned uh on the ricky in terms of having a secondary ball handler um and someone that like kind of kind of you know can can be a plug and play guy Mm -hmm. um so like the thing that's interesting about him to me one he's 23 um two He's kind of small, but he's got a huge wingspan. He's he's six three in sneakers, uh, mm. but he's got a seven one wingspan. Oh wow! Uh, and like it can can be a, a a ball hawk for you. So like, you know, he's a he's an interesting piece, and in it, and it's someone that's like, does he fit the Jazz's schedule? I don't know what the Jazz's schedule is right now. If I'm being honest, like yeah. 
are they are they I don't know what their plan the people is that are at there? All. Yeah. Yeah. Like if if, if marketing is is truly in a in a conversation then it feels like anybody on that team should be in the conversation, you know? Yeah, cuz cuz marketing is their best player. He is yeah. a he's a fantastic player and he's young. So if yeah. you're talking about moving marketing for, you know, Relatively draft picks young. or pieces, you know, like who else yeah. who else are you not moving if you're moving him? It, it, it would yeah, like Kessler I guess is the, what you would want to keep, but like you know, he's like you had you had Gobert, you want to do that again? Yeah. I guess he's a little better offensively, but like not much. Um so yeah, I, I he's just He's he's a he's a player I have my eye on if you're like making smaller moves because he seems like a gettable guy, mm-hmm. um, especially from a team that's just like that's just biding their time to, yeah. to build and like yeah yeah who knows what their like, full plan like actually is other than waiting for those draft picks to actualize right and it and it feels like I I think the the larger NBA community probably had him like overvalued because the Lakers were with the Lakers. valuing him so so highly because he was like the only piece that they had mm-hmm. that was movable you know for a while so um I I think like the market has kind of come down on him a little bit and maybe you can buy low on on THT yeah. right now speaking of buying low and the market and Rudy Gobert <laughs> uh-huh some people seem to think that Carl Anthony Towns is on the market or might be on the market or is a piece that the Wolves would be willing to part with because I I don't see it. I think the My Wolves is, why? I, no, I I think the Wolves <laughs> are playing great basketball. Well, it's yeah. because of uh it's because of their big man rotation and because of the fact that um uh what's his name uh is it Nas? Is it Nas Reed? Who's there? Nas yeah, Reed, it's because yeah. Nas Reed is playing so well that people think that like Carl Anthony Towns is 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 a luxury, is expendable, or a luxury, or like something that can bring back like a return for the Timberwolves. I don't see it. I think I, I think part of their strength is that they have that big man rotation, and like yeah, one of those guys or two of them are always on the floor together, and that's like such such a like that big man rotation is like what kind of like, you know, anchors the team yeah. uh, a, a, along with, you know, Anthony Edwards bursts of being a super duper star when he like right. takes over games for like certain periods of time. Yeah. Um, but they're just like, I think they're, I don't think, I don't think towns is going to be moved. I don't think there's like a move that, that makes sense there, but I don't know. Like, didn't they just pay him? Too like isn't he? I'm not. Sh- I I think so. I think he got. Didn't he get a big deal like right before oh. they traded for Gobert? Uh, yeah. He so he's he's uh his extension's just kicking in after this season. Yeah. So like I, I guess maybe they're trying to get off that. Maybe. I don't. Well, or or is that the is that the theory? that some people have yeah you know yeah maybe maybe that maybe that's what maybe that's why because yeah i mean he's gonna you look at like 27 28 he'll have a player option right now that's probably in like the low 60s 
based on that deal. So like maybe maybe that would be the idea. But who maybe who then wants that? I don't know. You know, like is I I don't think I don't I don't think he's a fit for the Sixers. But I mean that might no. be the type of player that like Daryl Morey looks at. I don't know. I I would hope not. I would hope not. I don't. I don't want it. <laughs> I'm just wondering if it's something that somebody you know in like a in like a oh he's our new four instead of Toby. Ooh. I would I, to be honest. I think he's a better offensive player than Toby. I would rather have Toby for this team than Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. I mean, I I completely agree. I was like, just I've floating yeah. it out there as like I hope this doesn't. I hope this isn't yeah. like a weird thing that gets traction like that people aren't like, "Oh, it makes sense. He's he's from Ooh. New Jersey. He's Ooh, he's I, a good I offensive really player." Hope not. You know? I I really hope not. We were hoping he'd be the guy that that we were hoping Minnesota would mess up and draft Okafor instead of him in that draft. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I just going back to kind of where we started this. I I, I do agree with you. I I think like I don't know that we need that splashy. Yeah second option or third option um because here's the thing if you bring in someone the the only splashy move would would be the second option Mm -hmm. on paper right it would have to be someone that's someone who's better than who's an immediate better option than uh than maxi yeah like that i think that's the type of player that you're looking for if you're if you're making a big move and And i don't know that that player is is out there that's gettable one and i don't know that that's what's best for the team or I don't maxi's think it's development yeah it's not best for the team it's not best for maxi's development it's not best for like flexibility this off season it's not it's yeah. too much of a disruptor to like a team that has visible chemistry on the floor yeah. and it's like working well together you know yeah, that would that would be taking a step backwards. Yeah, I feel strong fringe moves. Guys who know their roles can come in and and play those roles immediately and don't take much, you know. Like basically, yeah. basically adding like what you did in Batum and and Rocco, but like slightly better players, which is you know that OG right. Caruso level move. Um, yeah. Guys who is like OG's is he under contract after this year or is his contract up? I believe I he's, he's expiring. Yeah. So it's like a guy who you re-sign and, you know, keep for the long haul, hopefully. And I think Caruso's on like a deal that, you know, it's not expiring. It extends past this year, I believe. He's got like one year maybe after this. Yeah. It's not like um, super long term, but I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's expiring. Or maybe maybe two. Oh, he's a yeah, four it's... year four, he signed a four year deal with the Bulls last year. So he's he's under contract this year and then uh next year. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's 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 fine. And it's a I'm great contract. That. It's only te- it's nine it's under ten mil. Yeah. And which like is a else... fantastic contract for the level, you know, for his the level of play you get from him. 
Yeah. And, he, and he's like, contract aside, he's a guy that you want on your team. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, well, he's just one of those, one of those guys that's like, if he's on your team, he's, he's doing positive things for you. Yeah. He's, he can, he's a secondary ball handler. He can mm-hmm. shoot. He's a fantastic defensive player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess the question around OG is like, what's the relationship like with Nurse? Um, yeah. So I heard, oh. I heard someone mention this on a podcast. It might have been rights to Ricky Sanchez. It might have been like Spike with like one of his like internal team sources. <clears throat> Apparently, Siakam and OG, um, like those main guys, don't have a problem yeah. with Nurse at all. That's what that's what he said. He said some of the other guys, some of like the role players and things like that, m- might have like had a Chris issues. Boucher. Yeah, I don't I don't know who you know like, but they said the the quote unquote main guys from the Raptors, which I guess includes mm-hmm. uh, for me it would be Van Vliet, Barnes, Siakam, and Anobi. I guess. I, I, so I, if I'm not mistaken, Scotty Barnes does not like him. Oh yeah, Scott. Which yeah. is maybe why they moved on from him because Scotty Barnes is the future of the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, I, th- I think I think Scotty Barnes is probably the highest profile player that didn't that didn't that like didn't him. like him. which makes sense. Which is like okay, if you're moving on from everybody else and Barnes is the guy that you're moving towards the future with, you're not yeah. going to keep a coach who who your you know your future has has an issue with. Yeah, I got I got a, a quote here from OG. Uh, at the end of the season last year. I think Nick's a great coach. I love playing for him. He's a very respected coach. My teammates love playing for him. So okay. could it have been lip service? Sure. Sure, yeah. But, but I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take that. And and the only reason I bring that up is because like you want to think of what, what is the long-term viability of if you make a move for him, yes. can you sign him? Yeah, you kind uh, you want to have a guy who is who is re-signable if it's like a piece that that you give up a lot to get because it's a player of like, you know, a a, a player who's there's a market for who, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. But I mean which that's a that's, that's an interesting guy. If you have the one thing you have a good the one thing I'm I'm somewhat worried about with a move like that is you bring him in and then he demands a max contract and you have the money to re-sign him and you sign him to a max contract and then it becomes a Tobias four years ago where it's like automatically like an out where you're paying max money to a guy who is OGN and OB a max player. I mean, he's a guy who gets a max contract in the NBA because of how things are set up. But is he a guy who really deserves a max con? Does he do enough to be a max level guy like that? So, where it's not like you know, yeah, it, it doesn't yeah. actually hurt your team because, like, you know, the way the way the NBA is is set up, guys get max money who, you know, really are max level guys, and then it hurts sure. your flexibility when you're paying the wrong guy max money. Right. Right. I will say this about OG. Um his true shooting percentage 86th percentile in the league. Okay. Um, you know, like you can you can you can say he arrives there a lot of different ways. He's not getting to the line at all. Um 
he doesn't really pass the ball very well. Um, but like w- when shots are going up more often than not, he's making them. It's like a 67% true shooting percentage, which I'll take. Yeah. Um, and he's an absolute terror on the defensive side of the floor. Right. And, and he's a, and he's a DPOY candidate each year. So like, mm-hmm. I, I think that's enough. I think that's enough. I think that's um, enough to earn, uh, to be like, okay, this guy deserves a, a max contract. On yeah. the right team. On the right team. Know? I think you're right because, like, you know, like to buy, like to com- to continue the Tobias comparison, Tobias has never mm-hmm. been that. Le- Tobias is a very good player. He's like a, Tobias is like a, like a 3.75 out of five stars at every you know what i mean like at everything there's nothing he's bad at there's nothing he's but bad there's, at but there's, but there's also, nothing he's great at either yeah which is like when i think that's where you get into trouble like oh this guy is this guy's a a, a, a 3.5 or a four out of five at everything yeah. that's a, ma- a max level player and it's like no he's not really he's not hurting you anywhere but he's not right. making you that much better anywhere he's just a right. very solid player at everything Right, right, exactly. And like there's some bad max deals in the league anyway. So like would would OG be the worst? Uh I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, is OG, you know, is he that much different than uh than Brown? On the Celtics, you know? And that I, so it's funny because that's that's the Who's that's got the, the richest deal in, mind in NBA history? You know that that's that's the name that came to my mind too. Um, I mean, he's certainly worse offensively, but like when you factor in, he can at least go left. Um, I, he's worse offensively. He's better defensively. Yeah. Uh huh. It's a toss up. It's a toss up. It's a toss up. No, no, no. But yeah, if you can. You know, if you can justify giving giving Brown the biggest deal in NBA history, he's better than Rudy Gobert. Yeah, you know, like he's gonna give you more offensively and not much less defensively. Um, he's better than Ben Simmons. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go, right there. You know, like there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of guys with with big deals. I mean, I feel like I've talked myself completely into this hype, this <laughs> hypothetical. Like I'm, I like in my head, OG and Caruso are already Sixers, and that well, means I mean, there's a zero percent chance either of them become Sixers. Well, you know, Caruso was already a Sixer, like you like you mentioned uh, earlier when we were chatting. So yeah, it's it's bring him home, bring him home, bring him home. Yeah, bring him home, bring Bridges home, bring everybody home. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's uh, it's. I keep reminding myself that it's very early in the season, but there's just a lot to like, and it, it, I haven't been this, um, like excited by a team. Even when we've had yeah. hot starts, I've been like, "Well, yeah, we should be this good," you know, mm-hmm. like or yeah. or like, like I haven't thank been God we're doing this. Surprised, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh wow, okay, yeah. The joy of low expectations, you know, it's really the something. the absolute gift of low expectations. Yeah, I had I had this thought, and I I want to hit it really quick 
uh, I don't think I don't think it's going to turn into like a, a long conversation, uh, but those may be famous last words. Um, and it's re it's regarding <laughs> Joel Embiid and it's talking about um, I was listening to a podcast. I, it was uh, the Bill Simmons podcast earlier. They were talking about like Rudy Gobert and the idea of like Rudy Gobert is like a walking. Uh, what do they call him? Like a walking top 10 defense. Like you could surround him with anybody sure. and your team's going to be like top 10 defense. Um, and then also, and, and my first thought of that was like Embiid dominates him. Embiid makes him look silly. Right. And wow. then, so that made me think about like uh, Jokic and how Jokic, everybody is like talking about how like, Oh, is the gap between Jokic and the next best player in the NBA the biggest it's been since, you know, uh, LeBron was the best player and the second best player was. And I'm like, all right, calm down. Relax. <laughs> so I feel like to this point in his career, Joel Embiid has been a. Like breaker, like his greatest skill is as like an individual player who absolutely disrupts any of these narratives like he takes your strength and just completely neutralizes it yeah. he he's a new like he plays Jokic better than anybody else in the league and like neutralizes Jokic's like competitive advantage that he like you know he absolutely disrupts it he takes the idea yeah. he takes the idea that you know, Rudy Gobert is going to anchor your defense and you, you, oh, we have that, that's locked down and completely disrupts it. He throws that out the window. He is, the, the like, in that sense, he's the closest thing to Shaq that the league, you know what I mean? Like, throw all your plans out the window, we have Shaq. <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Right, throw right. all your plans out the window, we have Joel Embiid. And until now, I don't think they have, the, the team has like taken advantage of that with like the pieces around Joel Embiid. I don't think it's mm -hmm. like been Joel's fault. You know what I mean? Like people have yeah. people have like labeled him as like somebody who can't get it done. And I think he's getting his part done in being this absolute disruptor to another team's plans. You know what yeah. I mean? He is yeah. the Mike. He is the Mike Tyson. Everybody is a plan until you get punched in the mouth. I I feel right. like other teams have done better jobs of of countering that. Like when it comes sure. to the playoffs, when it comes sure. to like other things, and you know, like he hasn't faced Jokic in the playoffs. You know, like they've they're they've just been a better team basketball. But yeah. so it made me just very excited to see like how the team responds to the response to him now that they have more depth that they have a different coach that like does things differently and i don't know where the the i don't know i don't i that's well, just I, like the the i don't know comparison or like the the theory that i have about joel Embiid at least to like this point in his career yeah and i i think kind of going back to when we were talking about horford um, it's interesting now that he is coached by the guy that kind of did the best job game planning against him. Yeah. Uh -huh. Nick nurse, you know? So like, I am, I am curious to see how, how that evolves. I, I think it's interesting that you went to Shaq in, in my mind, 
he kind of feels more like Chuck to me in the sense of like, he's, he's real good. He's like, you know, he may be in a league right now, which, you know, like Chuck, Chuck had Jordan shadow. Yeah. Um, but like, you look at a team USA, like, yeah, Chuck was, Chuck was doing it. Like, I don't know. That's, that's kind of how Joel feels to me right now. Um, that's interesting. You know, like a guy that's, a, that's, that's almost taken comparison. for granted. Yeah. You know, um, but like amongst when you put them head to head against the guys that are supposed to be the face of the league at that, at, at, at their, you know, various points, mm-hmm. he does pretty well. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like I was too young. I was too young to like know what general general perception of of a player was when Barkley was like on the Sixers and like even when he made that transition to you know to the the dream team and to Phoenix like I just mm-hmm. loved Barkley because the Sixers were my favorite team and he was the best player on the Sixers and I was right. nine, and I was 9 years old you know when he when he right. was traded I was 9 years old so right. like I just knew Barkley was great because he was my favorite player I didn't have the like I I don't have the the recollection to remember like oh was he underappreciated and I think I think you're right I think he was you know he won MVP when he moved to the Suns because I think people were like oh shit look what he just did and like, it was oh, like he, he he can do this yeah I mean that was like one of the best overall years of basketball between the dream yeah. team and like moving to the the Sun that like probably anyone ever had you know yeah yeah. Yeah. And I think I think there were similar profiles like, you know, Joel was looked at early in his career as like, you know, not necessarily serious enough. And yeah, just like Barkley. Um, Barkley was like, fat. Embiid was yeah, injured. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's good. You know, so like there's there's some interesting comparisons there. Yeah. Um, I hope I hope their careers end up differently for Joel's sake in terms of, you know, finally getting a ring. But like, um. Yeah, that's that's kind of the the feel I've been getting for me, and it's like, you know, you you put you put Chuck in that Phoenix system where he didn't have to do everything; like he could do everything and still mm-hmm. did a whole lot. But like, but he had pieces around. Didn't just him. have to create everything, mm-hmm. um, and it's so much simpler. Like you look at Joe now; he looks like he's having more fun, and uh, where I see it, the biggest difference with him is like he has the energy to do things on defense that we know he can do mm-hmm. um because he doesn't like have spelling. to do everything on offense forcing everything offensively yeah yeah so you know i'm 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 curious to see how that goes but uh, yeah and he didn't yeah. have to go to phoenix to make it happen they built the team right. around him in in philly right right yeah I just think it's a very like that is his his value is being a complete disruptor to the I don't know the the strengths usually of another team and being like somebody that you like have to like kind of flip your game plan to try to you know and until now other teams have done a good job of it when they've had to you know in the playoffs or you know because of and and the Sixers haven't had like a response to that. 
Yeah. I'm hoping this mm-hmm. year is the different. I hope it's different this year. <laughs> Look, yeah, I mean, we've got the guy that actually makes adjustments now. So yeah, it's I, it's just I'm like. I don't have the expectation of I don't have the weight of expectation of being like, yeah, like we have to we have to make these adjustments. It's more like it feels refreshing to see what we can do if we do try to make adjustments. You yeah. Know? Uh and and having personnel and coaches who can pull it off and be flexible with it. Yeah. Yeah. There's one more thing I want to get to before we uh before we before we leave for this week and you know it's it was it was eagles eagles cowboys week last week always a fun Mm -hmm. time in in the world of being a sports fan yeah eagles won a a game that they really tried to lose they really tried to give it up yes down down the stretch um but apparently apparently dallas maverick Grant Williams is a Eagles fan for reasons why we could couldn't figure out. Just, yeah, still haven't put that one together yet. I mean, we we looked it up. He was born in Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh went to high school in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. College in Tennessee. And and none of that really points to, you know, I was like, all right, are are any are any Eagle mm-hmm. like I think Cunning is Cunningham from Houston. Maybe he maybe he's a big Cunningham head, but he's too maybe. young. He's too young to <laughs> yeah. be like Yeah. I mean Cunningham went to uh uh UNLV. So I don't know if he's from the West Coast. For some reason I, I wanted well, to his, oh, his daughter California. went to Houston, right? Oh, that's why. Okay, so that's I, I think that's what it was. That's the Houston connection in my head. No, he's from Santa Barbara, California. So, hmm. yeah, I knew there was some sort of Houston. I was like, why am I connecting? You know, <laughs> yeah, why am I, I why am I connecting Cunningham with Houston? But right, right. That might yeah, be that might be it. I don't know. It's a it's a strange one. I, I really I don't know why. And I couldn't find anything. I tried to search why, but you know, he he wore uh, he wore an Eagles jersey to uh, to post game press conference, which is uh, driving some Cowboys fans absolutely in like they're going nuts about it. Which a J- is just a like, Jason Kelsey jersey at that, yeah. Which is very like it's very funny because there are there are multiple ways to act as a as a as a professional uh sports player one is the bryce harper i'm all in pandering nobody 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 believes him fully right that he's a huge eagles and sixers and is just all in on philly sport like nobody believes you but we appreciate it we appreciate the fact that you are like hey i'm at this eagles game i'm wearing eagles stuff I'm wearing, you know, I'm I'm wearing <laughs> Sixers gear. It's yeah. the it's the fully buying in on a city and pretending. Yeah. yeah. Bryce Harper pander model. Or it's the hey, I like who I like. I'm a fan of of who of who I'm a fan of. And yeah. It, you the know, Mike Scott model. The Mike Scott model. Yeah. <laughs> the getting in fights. <laughs> you know, and that was the that was that was a comparison many people many Eagles fans made. Uh, right. When they were trolling uh, Dallas fans back, they were like, "Hey, man, one of our guys, 
uh, wore a red a Redskins jersey, and some of our shithead fans tried to fight him, and we were on his side. Right, right, right. Something tells me that it like if Grant Williams were a better player, <laughs> they wouldn't care as much. I don't think Dallas Grant Williams is a good is a is a very good basketball player, and if Dallas fans don't appreciate him for what <laughs> he can do on the floor, that's but, their like, fault. Think about think about this. Micah Parsons is at Sixers games courtside in Sixers jerseys. That's they don't ba- say anything about that. That was true. You Mike know? Parsons also like, not actually a Sixers fan. There you go. He, there you go. Micah Par- I I believe so. I believe Micah Parsons is a Dallas fan. Or not a, I'm a, sorry. Um, I'm sorry. I believe Micah Parsons is a Wait, is it Micah Parsons or is it someone else? Someone who attends Sixers games and wears Sixers gear is a Celtics fan. Oh, no, no, no. That's not Micah Parsons. That is, no. uh, you are thinking of, uh, I, it'll, it'll, it'll come to me. We'll keep talking, but yeah, that's not, that's not Micah Parsons. No, Micah, Par- Micah Parsons is, is legitimately, a, he um, is, he's actually a he's Sixers a, fan. Yeah, he's a, he's a PA guy. Well, because I know he's a, he's a PA guy. Yeah, he went to he's Penn State. He went to Penn yeah. State. Yeah, yeah. Someone, because yeah. uh, who is it? It's it's gonna it, it like someone it, was at the games. It um, might be Maxi. <laughs> and it's someone was at the games, uh, rocking like Sixers gear, and like has a Pennsylvania connection. And people were like, uh, he's actually a Celtics fan. He grew up a Celtics fan. And huh. interesting. I... Yeah, it'll it'll come because I I've 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 heard this story. Um yeah, it'll come to me. But yeah, I like you know, nobody nobody's given oh um, or Micah Parsons was it's, at... it's, De- it's Devon it's Devonta Smith. Oh, Devonta Smith. Okay, so that's yeah. who it is. All right. Yeah. Oh, he was not in. He was at the games, but he wasn't wearing any gear. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah, because he, yeah. he's, he's a Celtics. Because he's yeah. a Celtics fan. But like, yeah, we we know that. We didn't get mad at him. There's there's yeah, also a pic. Fun. There's also a picture of Micah Parsons at a game in a Celtics jersey. Ah, uh, okay. He wore a Celtics jersey for Boston's game one against the Miami Heat. Yeah, I'd believe that. Yeah. So that's yeah, what like, I, I knew there was some connection with Parsons, <laughs> Parsons doing that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, and and here's the thing. Smitty was like very open about it, too, on Twitter, just being like, listen, I love this city, but like. I'm a Celtics fan, so, yeah, <laughs> you know, go go seize. And that's yeah, fine. But like, just own it. Yeah, uh-huh. And he he was he showed up at the game. He was he didn't wear he didn't wear Celtic stuff. Uh which, you know what? If I I I like it. I like the dynamic of like having some sort of like, you know, there's a guy that you there's a guy that you love cuz he's on your team, but he he loves a team that your other team is is rivals with. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there's something there's something very special when it's Philly Boston or Philly Dallas that like really yeah. brings out the that really brings out the like uh a, like the 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 part of me that like gets activated by this I kind of don't like it but I kind of do like it you know 
the part of me that like the knee-jerk response to like other people getting mad about it and like me loving it it's just i i do i do love it when we are the conduit for for someone to troll yes Uh our opponents yeah that i that i do love because i don't I, I'll 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 openly say this. I don't like Grant Williams He's as a like, player or as a guy. As a as a, as a player, I, uh-huh. I do not like him. Um, although he's you know he does seem like the the you know the traditional. He's a guy you would like if he was on your team, mm-hmm. uh, like that kind of like needler, uh, pesty kind of guy. Yeah, uh, like how I've become a big Pat Bev fan uh, <laughs> this year. You know, like. Uh, but yeah, I, I've traditionally not liked Grant Williams at all. But um, this well, because he's a Celtic. He was Celtic. <laughs> sure, sure. But like, even even independent of that, I was like, I just don't like the way that you play the game of basketball. But yeah, I I also think that this is like pure. This is like a perfect Philadelphia sports moment. Being yeah. able to troll Dallas fans. Through a Dallas athlete. Right. With no on, no effort. Passive with, trolling. Yeah. Passive trolling through one of your it's like it's pure like this is like nectar to Philadelphia sports fans. It's like they just get to sit back and laugh at Dallas. Right. And and specifically like, you know, da- like Dallas fans getting mad that one of your own athletes is like a fan of a Philadelphia team at all after like just being purely like butthurt that your team lost a game and then just like <laughs> getting to complain about refs and like doing all this right. stuff like that's that's when Philadelphia sports fans shine the brightest like yeah. just getting to watch someone else there's nothing a Philly sports fan loves than watching someone else be butthurt <laughs> yeah yeah that's true. That's true. Like even more than your own team winning. <laughs> we do, we like, do we do like to observe others' pain. <laughs> yeah. And like specifically we're so comfortable with it. Specifically whiny pain. You know, right. it's like one of those things where it's like it, it, like we we know how to deal and we don't. We don't. We we absolutely <laughs> don't. We will complain. Yeah. We will be as, just as you know, whiny as other fan bases, but sure. we think that we handle it better than others. Well, you and know what? I'll tell you what, what I'll tell you what the difference is. I think we like to complain about the game. So when it's complaints about stuff that wasn't actually the game, we're like, okay. what are you talking about? Like this situation or like the the brave situation with with the with the clubhouse comments and like, oh do you the reporter wasn't supposed to say anything. Like, what are you? What are you complaining about? There, you're talking about your clubhouse is supposed to be your sanctuary. Like, go, go prove it on the field. If you want to complain about something, complain about balls and strikes. That's that's I think what what I take from this. We like to laugh at silly complaints. Yeah, uh, you know, so minor nuisances, if you will. Yeah, but butt hurt, being butt hurt. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because, like, really, this has nothing to do with... This has nothing to do with us. We don't really care about the Mavs. And, like, great. Yes, we just beat Dallas. So, like, we don't... We already have... The, we just we just beat the Cowboys. So, like, we don't really have that. We don't really need, you know, anything else other than that. This is just icing on the cake. Yeah, exactly. Philly loves its icing. 
<laughs> it's bitter, bitter icing. Well, yeah, Keenan, you got to find the joy in something else, right? Keenan, the Sixers tip off, uh, tip off in an hour against the Detroit Pistons. Um, in previous oh. years, Sixers of Sixers of old would blow this game. I was gonna say, I would caution. I would caution us. Don't don't overlook this one. Don't um, don't overthink. That's that's exactly what you're saying. Don't like yeah. if the Sixers come out, they don't get it done this game. Don't be like, oh no, it's just like any other year. Well, yes, that that I would agree with. But I'm also saying don't don't co- don't come out in you know in first gear against yeah. against this Pistons team. Don't give them a don't put them away. Put them away early. It's their scrappy Pistons team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I I, I mentioned this on the season preview, like. They got they're a new my, coach. They're my league pass team. So, yeah, they got some exciting I, young players. A new coach. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious. I'm curious to see. But uh, we should win this game by twenty. Just put them away. Just Just put do what's do what has to be done. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the Stretch Four Podcast. I'll tell you this right now. I have a I have a take and a theory. And a uh, a plan for the Oklahoma City Thunder um, that I was going to bring up on the on the episode, but you know what? I'm going to write an article about it. I'm going to write an article that. at uh, at the on the stretch for uh, uh, the Substack. Yeah, the Substack. That's what it's called. Thank you for <laughs> uh, for helping my muddled brain. Uh, so <laughs> I'll post it. I'll post it on the uh, on the Twitter and on our Instagram when it's ready. Um, but look to that. One more thing that you can that that you can look for from from the Stretch Four podcast. So you know where to follow yeah. us. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on uh, on Twitter. Mostly, just keep listening to the podcast and and the Substack for where we will uh, write uh, takes and and bits and things that don't fit into our weekly discussion because we're too busy talking about the Sixers. You know, it's hip hop <laughs> culture and life, but right now it's mostly Sixers, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, that's it.